If you're interested in small business, you're going to want to subscribe to the Small Business Showcase by Kaizentree. We meet with small business owners every week to discuss lessons that you can apply in your own journey. Learn from their failures, successes, and stories to discover how to build a life doing what you love. For those of you who already have a small business, be sure to check out kaizentree.com, an online platform that helps manage your inventory, sales channels, customer relationships, and more. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Showcase. My name is Emily, and as always, it's great to have you with us. Joining us today is Shannon from The Prospect Project, a candle company committed to giving back. How are you today, Shannon? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. Just to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about The Prospect Project and how you got started making candles? Yeah, absolutely. So um, basically, I had kind of drifted a little through high school. I was never really that passionate about being a big career woman or anything like that. It was nothing that I really wanted to focus on that hard that I wanted to go to university and invest all that time and money. And so I kind of just drifted a little bit, like I did pretty good at school. Um, Yeah, but wasn't really that passionate about anything. So I kind of just fell into beauty therapy and did my diploma in beauty therapy over here for a couple of years and worked in salons for a while and yeah, just sort of drifted and ended up in admin. And uh, one day I had been made redundant from my admin job and kind of didn't know where to go from there. And I guess when I thought about what my dream job would be, it would be a philanthropist. But unfortunately, I didn't have the money to be a philanthropist and I needed to work. So I kind of just got to thinking how I could make this a possibility and I already was making my own granola at home and I would bring this to work to have my breakfast at work and everyone started saying, oh, what's that? That looks good and would ask to buy some from me. So I kind of thought, hmm, maybe there's a business in this. And so I started selling the granola with $2 from every order going to the customer's choice of not-for-profit. So I felt like I was living out my philanthropist dreams and yeah it just sort of grew from there and I was making granola and selling it to cafes and selling it online and the candle thing really only started because my best friend and I would like recycle our glass jars at home and once a month we'd get together and do a candle making day on our stovetop so that was just something my best friend and I did and I gave the candle with a custom label to a cafe like a wholesale client And they loved it and they asked if they could stock them in the store. And I was like, of course you can. And, yeah, before I knew it, I was selling candles and granola under the name The Prospect Project. So it kind of grew to a a point where it was 50-50 and, yeah, obviously doing candles and doing granola, two completely different processes, different systems, everything. So uh, I really had to pick a lane. And so I figured candles I could be more creative with and, yeah, I said goodbye to granola and focused on candles, and here I am. So how long then have you been doing just candles? Just candles, probably about four years now, I'd say. So are there any changes that you would make to your journey looking back? Well, I mean, everyone's journey is different, and what works for me isn't going to work for everyone else. My journey is really unique. Even when the business started to get quite successful, I was still working a full-time corporate admin job. So I was like, I've I've got one daughter, Ella, she's 
two and a half. So I got my first massive, like gigantic order for Maya, which is like a national department store here. So I got my first big order for Maya, um, which was about 3,000 candles when I was six months pregnant and still working a full-time admin job. So yeah, that was pretty crazy. And I definitely don't recommend it to anyone. But for me personally, I wanted to be financially secure and I needed the steady income of a corporate job to to help carry my dreams being a philanthropist <laughs> until I got to a point where I didn't need to rely on it. Um, yeah, I'm very lucky that I, I get to choose whether I work or not. My husband is able to support both of us and has always said, if you want to be a stay-at-home mum, you know, you're more than welcome to. But, um, yeah, I kind of juggle both, I guess. So I get two child-free days a week of daycare. So that's when I get to focus on work, which is nice. But yeah, I still work every day. Oh, well, absolutely. The work never stops. No. So it's your full-time job. You're a stay-at-home mother and work with the Prospect Project. You don't have a, another job going on anymore. No, no more. No time for anything else. (laughs) Absolutely. You mentioned that the granola started off with donations to not-for-profit charities. How does that play a role in your business as a whole? I always want to be charitable and I have been raised to always give back and help others um, if you're in a position to do so. I've never, I've always felt really uncomfortable with some of the ways that some charities operate. Um, I don't know if you guys, you're in the shopping centre and someone will be standing in the middle with a you know clipboard ready to sign you up to a charity or standing outside a shop rattling a tin asking for money. Like I avoid that like the plague. I will purposely go out of my way. I will pretend to be on my phone. That sounds so awful. Um, but I just don't feel that that's the right way to get people to donate to charity and people don't feel good about that. Sometimes they're guilted into donating to charity or yeah I felt that there's got to be a different way so I figured that if I offered three different charities that the customer can choose who that two dollars from every order goes to it kind of empowers the customer and makes them feel like they're donating the money directly which I think is a nice feeling so we have a saying which is burn candles do good in a really simple sense that by shopping with us, they're able to directly donate to charity, which is quite a nice thing. So I think by giving customers choice and leaving the power with them as to where their money goes, that's a a better way to do it. But that's just me personally and how I feel about it. Some people might like popping that coin in the tin or signing up in the shopping centre, but that's just me. And it seems to really resonate with people and yeah, they really love it. I I totally agree with that. And I feel like it's possible that people feel like as bad as this sounds, they're not getting anything in return for just giving $5, but for it to be integrated with the candle, they give money to you, they give money to the charity and they get a candle in return. I imagine that kind of increases the number of people who are excited to be charitable. Absolutely. And even when it, if you are donating $2 into the tin, there is that sense of like, oh, well, this is only $2. Like what difference is $2 going to make? Or, well, is this really going to the people that need it? Or is this going towards administration? Whereas I feel like when they shop through our online store, that money accumulates with everyone else's. And when we get to donate hundreds of dollars at a time and then post that on our page, they know that that's their money that has contributed to those hundreds of dollars. So I think there's that feel-good aspect of 
you know, if lots of people are making small little changes, we can actually make a pretty big difference. And you can be confident in that the change is happening, that it's enough. Yes. So you also mentioned your recycling program for your candle jars. How does that work? Yes. A lot of candle companies tend to make them in these really pretty candle-y sort of canisters. For us, we use glass jars, almost like a food jar or a sauce jar, I guess. And that's a bit of a nod to our humble roots, (laughs) making recycled candles in jars, but also because it's a lot easier to recycle over here in Australia the pretty canisters you can't actually put in your recycling bin. They're not recyclable at all, whereas our jars, you can actually empty them and put into your recycling bin. But over in Perth, what we offer is a jar buyback scheme. So customers don't have to clean the jars out, don't have to remove the label, anything like that. We take care of that. They just have to drop the jars to us. And for every jar that they return, we give them $1 to spend in our online store. It's like prospect dollars, I guess. So is that just for people who are local to you? Yeah, at this stage, it's just for people in Perth, only because we have explored the options, but say someone was on the East Coast and had two jars to return, we believe the cost to the environment would be more to actually send it over to us to return, which is kind of defeating the purpose. I mean, in an ideal world, we would have like a location in every city and then it could be a drop-off point, but... At this stage in the business, we're headquarters here in Perth, so it's just for Perth customers. Yeah, that totally makes sense. If you're trying to be environmentally friendly, you're going to want to reduce the footprint, not increase the footprint with the idea or the the image of eco-consciousness. Exactly. First and foremost, it always comes down to how can we do things better or not? You know, how can we make money or, you know, repeat customers are wonderful we love that that's a big part of our business but uh, everything always comes from how can we do it better so yeah if it's gonna cause a bigger eco footprint then it's just not worth it to us and would you recommend that other small business owners try to implement similar processes of recycling packaging or jars things like that in their own businesses 100%. It's not always the cheapest option or the easiest or quickest option, but I think it's really important that people take responsibility for their own carbon footprint and just environmental footprint. It doesn't have to be like, I don't consider myself to be a tree-hugging, hippie, hairy armpit, you know, weed-smoking, well, you know, maybe in my past, but, you know, (laughs) that's not my vibe, but I do think that you can make those small little changes. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to be Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever the alternative is. You can just like make small little changes and it does all add up to something. So I think if people start taking responsibility of the little changes they can make in their business, once you integrate it, it just becomes part of your routine and you don't have to go out of your way for it. I totally agree. It's just every little thing counts and you might not think it at the beginning when you're first trying it out that this little thing is going to count, but everything adds up eventually. So true. So additionally, as part of being eco-friendly, your packaging is made of recycled materials and recyclable itself. Can you explain kind of the ways that that is integrated into your products? For sure. Um, When I designed them, I intentionally made them without a box like as in a packaging box with a pretty label on the front or a pretty design. Boxes are great and usually they act as one, a marketing tool. It's to draw people in but also a protective tool. So I really wanted to 
flip the design on its head and think, how can I do this without the box that still makes it really marketable, is still a product that can be shipped without being broken. It's a fragile glass product. The, the box, as pretty as it is, it does end up in landfill. No, like no matter how pretty a box is when you buy something, let's be honest, you're never keeping the box unless it's like a designer thing, like a designer bag or something like that. You're not keeping the box. You're not putting that box on display. So it's irrelevant in my eyes. So I figured if I made the label design really punchy and unique and bold, that that would be enough to carry the marketing aspect. By having a jar that has a lid, it protects the surface of the candle from dust, from UV exposure, from the scent escaping, I guess, but still allows for customers to, if it's in a store on the shelves, customers can pick up that candle They can take the lid off themselves. They can smell it. They don't have to like fiddle around with the box and unpackage it or anything like that. Reduces the need for testers on the shelves because essentially every product is a tester. Anyone can pick up any candle, open the lid, have a smell and pop it back and it's completely in great condition. I also wanted to research more eco-friendly ways to post the products to make sure that they were safe in transit. So we use something called Genie Green Wrap, which is an eco-friendly alternative to bubble wrap. So it's paper-based, comes on a massive, heavy paper roll, and when you pull it, it turns into like a honeycomb shape and expands, so that is what helps cushion the product during transit. So that's what we use for packing. That's very, very cool. I can assure you that I love I love using candles as a decoration in my own room and I totally just love fancy candle labels just like on your own products. Just sitting on my shelves, I think they're gorgeous with or without a box. And so if they're without the box and I, I can save that little bit of trash, I totally love to do that. Absolutely. So your products really do have very fun labels. A lot of personality goes into some of those labels. So can you tell us a little bit about how you develop your products and how you've chosen to market them? For sure. So I agree. I think the candles themselves have a lot of personality, but at the same time, they're almost very neutral. I purposely wanted them to be able to go with any decor style, like if you've got a bit of a boho, coastal vibe, going more bougie, industrial, I wanted something that could really go with any decor. So there's no colour on them. They're black and white. They're almost genderless, ageless. They're really for everyone. But, yeah, I guess the niche is that they are quite cheeky and they do have a bit of personality, which I think is a little bit of me. I like to inject a little bit of myself into every candle. (laughs) So the way that we choose the flavours is we sample fragrances basically from all over the globe. We smell so many fragrances and we try to actually smell them blind, which means sniffing them without reading the label. So we don't have any preconceived notions of what it should smell like or anything like that. So we smell them blind and if it knocks our socks off, then we sort of put it to one side and then get creative on the name and what we think it smells like. That's very interesting. So you don't go by necessarily what it's supposed to be. You go with what it actually smells like. Yeah. I think scent is quite subjective, though. I mean, what I think smells nice and what someone else thinks smells nice. It's like beauty. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, scent is the same. 
That is absolutely true. I know that sometimes I'll be with friends and I'll be like, this is the best candle I've ever scented. And they're like, that's terrible. Like, you can't buy that. I know. And I'm like, it's not going in your house. My mom does that all the time. Yeah, I'll give something to my mom to smell and she'll be like, oh, it smells like lollies. I'm like, oh, shut up, mom. Like, not everything (laughs) smells like lollies. I love a fruit scent, anything that smells like baked goods. Like it's too sweet for me. Yeah. The baked goods ones are usually our best sellers. Everyone loves the really sweet ones. That's how I feel. I feel like everyone wants the vanilla and the cakes and I'm like, "Mm, maybe not. I'm more of a fresh, I like a real masculine sort of oceanic, like oceany smell. That's my vibe. Yeah. Do you think that having both a very neutral design and a very personality-filled website and kind of company as a whole has Mm -hmm. had a positive impact on your brand? I do. Um, I consider myself a bit of an introvert. I probably present myself as a bit of an extrovert and quite sociable, but I am very insular. I have my group of 10 girlfriends, which we've been friends since school. Like I'm not looking to make friends. I never go to marketing events or networking events just not my jam that's my idea of hell so having to put myself out there both in writing in photos like that's been a real big thing for me to overcome I guess as silly as that sounds but I figured out pretty quickly on that people don't buy from businesses they buy from people so I think without knowing who's behind the business and building that trust in the relationship the business wouldn't have grown to where it was Um, not that I think I'm that special or that exciting that people want to buy from but I think by being transparent and being vulnerable uh, and being upfront and open about how I run the business and a lot of other issues that people really connect with that and can relate so I feel like they almost feel like they're buying from a friend which I love I think that's great advice that people want to buy from from another person that they feel like they can connect to and by helping customers feel like they can connect to you they feel like they have a connection to everything that you're doing really a part of it that's right going forward what would you like to achieve with the prospect project yeah, so I've got a few things that I'm manifesting at the moment, as cheesy as that sounds. I'm not really a woo-woo sort of person. And I don't actually set goals for the business. I never had a business plan. I don't set financial goals. I just kind of have like loose dreams in my head. And then when things start to get closer to that, that's when I really knuckle down and make it happen. I just feel like if I work hard all the time and have these ideas in my head, I just got to work towards that. And I actually read something really interesting recently that someone said that you basically have to ask for everything a lot of the times you just assume that you'll never get something or that people will say no to you and you almost start to hold back and blame it on the universe like the universe is saying no to me whereas if you start asking for more people might actually say yes so you know the old saying like shoot for the stars and you might reach the moon that type of thing that's something I'm trying to go with this year and and go for things that I didn't think were possible before. Because, like, what's the worst that can happen? Someone will say no? Like, cool. Yeah, so looking forward, I guess, my goal would be to buy my own warehouse to work from. So we sublease a space here in Perth with another business, which is great. But I'd really love to have my own space where I can obviously uh, warehouse and make the candles, but also have, like, a bit of a retail space for customers to come. But the goal would be to 
have a space where customers can come and bring their recycled jars and, you know, smell the fragrances and pick which one they like and I can teach them how to pour their own candles there, which I think would be really cool. So they can learn what I learned from the beginning and really all you need is a stovetop. I mean, I did it on a broken stovetop. So <laughs> if I can do it, anyone can do it. So I'd really like to pass on that knowledge and encourage people to start recycling. That would be fantastic. I really hope that happens for you soon. Thank you. So are your products, your candles only available online or are you in some retail locations at the moment? Yeah, so we've got an online store, but we also wholesale um, and we've got a hun- over 100 retailers Australia-wide. Uh, we are looking for a New Zealand distributor and eventually the goal would be international, but just the cost of shipping is so expensive, it's, it's really difficult. <laughs> so at the moment, it's just Australia-wide. We are in Maya stores nationwide and just recently stopped in Amazon warehouses, which is brand spanking new. That's pretty cool. How did you go about getting these distributors? I I wish I could say I've got some cool, cheeky way of doing it that people can try. But in all honesty, they approached me. I think they probably actually thought that the brand was a lot bigger than what it is. When I got my very first Maya order, as I said, I was still working a full-time corporate job and, you know, yeah, I had a few retailers in the country, had my online store, but it was just kind of ticking away. So when I got the Maya order, it was actually an email that went to my junk folder and I had just happened to go into my junk folder and clear through a few things and I saw this email saying that Maya was interested and I mean like I made handmade candles so imagine if like a Bloomingdale's approached you and said we're interested in stocking your products in all honesty I thought it was a joke I thought it was spam I thought it was Somalian pirates like yeah so I didn't believe it but there was a part of me that was like oh shit what if it is real so I actually googled the person's name and found their LinkedIn profile and they'd been um, a buyer for Sephora and yeah they were legit so <laughs> I knew it was safe email them back and it just kind of went from there so I guess my only tip is to always make sure you check your junk folder the fourth year in a row Maya has been ordering with us and every single year the volume increases so without checking my junk folder that would have never happened that's really fantastic to hear and yeah I agree I have found some really important emails in the junk folder so always make sure you're checking Yes, there could be lost opportunities in your junk folder in amongst like the erectile problem emails and all sorts. You know, you could have some amazing opportunities. Absolutely. So just, I guess, to finish up here, where can our listeners find you online? Yes. So at the moment, we are only shipping to Australia, unfortunately, but you can find us at theprospectproject.com or on Instagram at prospectproject. Even if you are in another country, follow our Instagram just for the lols. We do some pretty funny videos to Travis Scott with unicorn heads. (laughs) We have a clueless themed photo shoot coming up. We try and keep it pretty lighthearted and funny. So just follow along for the fun. I would definitely suggest checking it out. It's very good. Thank you. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was lovely to meet you. You too. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Showcase. If you liked the episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on the next one. 
The discussion continues online. Head over to kaizentree.com articles to share your thoughts on today's show and to read some of our articles which cover useful topics, such as what to do about Apple's new iOS update. For more from Kaizentree, follow our Instagram at kaizentree or visit our website www.kaizentree.com. That's www.kaizentree.com. Www.kaizentree.com.